Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ago now, I interviewed the phenomenal author and healer Caroline Mace. You may recognize her name. She had a huge international success in the 70s with her book, Anatomy of the Spirit, and still is one of the most popular guests on Oprah. And if you ever want to understand more about energy and purpose and soul contracts, please look her up. It was such a privilege to interview her And I learned so much, especially when she shared with me this simple, powerful idea, which was most of our suffering comes from the attachment to our fantasies. Let me say that again. Most of our suffering comes from our attachment to our fantasies. In other words, It is our attachment to how we think things should be that creates our biggest struggles. This is so true of motherhood, isn't it? We think it's going to be a certain way and it's not. We think we're going to fall pregnant a certain way and it doesn't happen. Our birth, our babies, our toddlers, returning to work, starting school with them, all of it. We have a picture in our mind of what it looks like. And when it doesn't turn out that way, we find it very hard. This topic is central to what I share with the beautiful guest I invited onto the podcast today. Naomi Wolfson is a mum of two who inspires and supports other women on their journey to and through motherhood. She created Embrace Fertility after her own struggles with infertility, IVF and miscarriage, and started blogging and then sharing what she learnt with other mamas. Naomi is currently in one of my longer four-month programs, and I really wanted to invite her onto the podcast today because I wanted us all to remember that the great expectations we hold of ourselves and this whole process often keeps us suffering. What if we could accept exactly what is happening? What if we could realize that we are not our thoughts? Those thoughts, those images and judgments in our mind are not who we really are. Naomi shares her powerful story in realizing this herself and walks us through 
what she has most learned about herself through matrescence and the journey to becoming a mama. Enjoy, beautiful mamas. I know you'll get so much out of this. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Naomi, thank you so much for joining the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm so excited to speak to you. Thank you for inviting me on. So you are a mama that's a part of my longer program at the moment and we've been on this journey together for a little while And more and more, I want to bring the stories of mamas and their personal experiences to this podcast. So I'm really excited to talk to you because I know you've got your own personal journey through matrescence, but you also speak to other mothers and women going through this. So you're the perfect balance for my beautiful mama audience. (laughs) So let's start first with your beginnings of matrescence, your first experience of motherhood and who you were and what you thought this was going to look like. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, it's very much, I knew right from when I was 17 that having a baby might be a problem for me. I was diagnosed with endometriosis and, you know, hearing that as a teenager, it's like, oh, by the way, this might be a struggle for you, might need to do IVF. That was sort of laid out in my teens. So when I finally got married and then in my 30s was like, right, now's the time to, to start a family, to have a baby. And I, part of me was kind of nervous and part of me was like, no, nah, it's going to be fine, you know, first month, of course I'll get pregnant. And then when it just didn't happen, it was just, that was kind of the start of it. It's that like, oh, hang on sort of everything else in my life had been, you know, I've been told, oh, if you work hard and, you know, set your intentions, set your goal, you'll, you'll get what you want. You just have to go and, go and claim it, go and get it. And then having a baby wasn't like that. And that was the first thing that was like, really threw me. It was like, oh, hang on, this doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. And it really, really shook me. You, you kind of just assume, well, you know, I want to have a baby now, so I'm going to have a baby now. Um, so it took, in the end, um, four years to conceive Jasper, and it was about two years in, we started fertility treatment, and I was so anxious and so depressed and just really, really struggling. 
and my doctor suggested antidepressants. He was like, oh, you know, it's anti- I was like, I don't need antidepressants. I, like, I, I had the awareness. I was like, it's my thinking and my desire to be a mother that is, and the, the fact that that isn't happening, that is what's causing the, the anxiety. And luckily my fertility clinic had like a mindfulness department. They were like, oh, you need to go and see Clara and booked me in. And they did one-to-one mindfulness class with her for eight weeks. And that was just the start of it that I had never kind of, I'd never been told that our thinking isn't us before. I'd heard about it a little bit, but I'd never really sort of understood what that meant. And then really sitting with it for eight weeks, like you are not your thinking. Your thoughts are what's causing this anxiety. You can, you can separate yourself from that. Um, yeah, it was the start of, my blog, I started blogging about my journey in Grace Fertility and sort of went on from there. And then I followed all through my going through IVF twice, having miscarriage, and then finally conceiving Jasper naturally a few months later. And I just blogged and I ended up retraining as a therapist because I was like, this is, this is what I should be doing. I just need to know more about this. I just need to learn. And so when you say it was the first time you realized I am not my thoughts, I know over the years when I've brought this up in all of my programs and spoken to mummers about this, it's often the first time that has come into their mind as well. And they really struggle with it. What do you mean I'm not my thoughts? If I'm not my thoughts, what am I? Can you talk to me about how you first understood it? I know you're deep into the understanding of it now, but let's go back to basics. What do you mean by I am not my thoughts? It was that, I suppose with mindfulness, what I was learning was that you can, you can sit and like watch your thoughts. And I think the most sort of powerful analogy for me is when we were working to do this like one-on-one with the coach and we decided to sit and, and watch, wait for a thought to come up. Like you know a thought is going to come. So you sit and wait until a thought arrived. So it was like I was waiting for a thought rather than me being the thought and having, like, creating the thought. It was like the thought was coming from somewhere that wasn't me physically thinking it. So for me, that was that. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm not, I don't need, and it's also I don't need to believe the thoughts. That was what we were working on. She was like, you don't need to believe the thoughts that are telling you, you know, you might never be a mum, this might never happen to you. She's like, well, they're not facts, so you don't need to believe them. And that's what it's like, oh, they are, they are just thoughts. They're just the string of words in a line. It's not a concrete fact. No one said, you know, 100% this isn't going to happen for you. It's like, oh, they're just words. And if you switch the order around, they gobble the group. They don't mean anything. Mm. So why, why allow them to mean anything? And it was, it was literally just time like switch the lights on. It was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. And just that, you know, instant relief, which, you know, was, was fleeting. I had to keep looking for that relief and kind of, you know, meditating and practicing and looking at my thoughts, but it was still that relief that was like, oh, 
okay. And even if you just have it for, you know, a few seconds, it's still that kind of, that lightness that you're like, oh, okay. I don't need to kind of be wrapped up in this anxiety that, that my thoughts are creating. So how did mindfulness and that awareness that you are not your thoughts help you through that stage of trying to fall pregnant and then first pregnancy and then even the early first motherhood experience how did that help you it was it was it was life-changing it sort of especially when you're sort of sleep deprived and when I first had Jasper and I can so see how easily people can sort of fall into, you know, the baby blues or postnatal depression because when you're deprived of sleep, your thinking can be so dark and so, so negative just because you're exhausted. And for me, it was, again, going like, okay, I'm exhausted. These are just exhausted thoughts. These are just the thoughts of a woman who's not had much sleep, but I don't need to... I don't need to yeah, tune into them and run with them. I can kind of step back and go, there's, there's more to me than the thoughts and kind of separating myself from them again. So it's definitely that during, while trying to conceive, if I hadn't found mindfulness, I think I would have, I don't know, had to go down the route of, of medication or, or something else because I got to the point that I was struggling so much that I, yeah, I just I just couldn't I couldn't cope at all and then having mindfulness and having this sort of ability to really support myself rather than always looking outside of myself yes people or things to help me it was that suddenly going okay and it, you know it got to the stage that I was probably, if I was having a really tough day, I would go, I just, you know, get up and whoever I was doing, I have to just go and meditate for a bit. It was probably, you know, like someone would maybe say, like, oh, I just need to go and use my inhaler now. I kind of would say, oh, sorry, I just, I just need to go and meditate. It was so entrenched in me. It's like, that's what I need to do right now. That is my coping. I need to take myself away and just have moments to, to just breathe and, yeah, step back. Oh, I love that. I love the inhaler, um, I guess, analogy. That is such a great way to talk about it because it is actually the ability to take a big, deep breath. What a great analogy to yeah. use. <laughs> and so you are a mummer of two now. And so what has motherhood meant to you? How have you changed? I mean, what a journey it was to even get here the first time and so who are you now and how has it changed you oh well I think it's so interesting I had a realization about half an hour ago actually I was sat thinking about our chat and thinking about like what are we going to be talking about and you know what's what's going to come up and I was going back through some of um, my blogs and embrace fertility and there was one I wrote last May that's just entitled Give Less Fucks, <laughs> but with no stars. Give less beep. <laughs> and um, no, oh, <laughs> so I was like, well, are we allowed to swear on Happy Mama Podcast? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a little, we'll do a little <laughs> warning at the beginning, but no, go for it. There's, there's poo language. Sorry. Um, 
And it was, and I'd had this realization I was made that I was back into this loop that I'd been enduring while I was trying to conceive of getting really anxious, feeling really lost, sort of flailing around trying to work out what to do, finding meditation almost, well, just finding impossible trying to do it, but just being so anxious that just sitting still was, was impossible for me. And then kind of go on this journey of self-discovery and getting back into meditation and tapping and like doing a course. This is one where I started following Happy Mama. I was looking for inspiration. I was looking for a way to kind of connect back in. So I you know, went through the whole infertility journey. I was like, oh, great. You know, I've got my kids now. I have this dream life that I wanted. But the anxiety came back. And I was feeling really disconnected from myself. I didn't know, you know who I was anymore. I was like, you know, I had this, I was writing all the way through trying to conceive and being pregnant. And actually, up until having Jasper, I was writing a lot. And then I had basically had six months off after having him. And at that point, I suddenly was like, I have to be writing again. And I'd done the same after having Evie. I'd had, well, yeah, almost a year with her of, just being fully immersed in like a mum of two and, and having two under two as well, and both being tiny. And just suddenly realizing that I was so disconnected from myself. And I was like, okay, need to tune back in with myself. Um, and that's sort of where I am again now, which is why I chose to do the Divine Life program that I was like, I need, I need more. I need more connection. I need more time for myself and time connecting with other women who are going through this and who really understand that there's, that we need to be, you know, meditating, whatever it is that, that hooks you in and makes you feel good. Yes. And that's right. For some of us, it is that meditation, but for others, it's painting, it's sewing, it's running it's walking it doesn't matter but there has to be something I like how you call it a hook a hook into connecting with yourself um and I mean I do honestly think that meditation is for everybody and it is a hook for us all but sometimes the first hook is something else and that's totally okay but we have to have that space and as you said Sometimes it's even writing. It has been for me many, many times over the years where writing was the hook back into myself again. And then when that started, other things opened up and that's what happens. Yeah, it definitely feels that, I think it's that, it's that creating something, isn't it? For the sake of purely creating it rather than, you know, like, I don't know, yeah, creating something for the, for the goal of, oh, I need to produce something. This is, yeah, creating purely because in that moment you're loving it and, and feeling like, feeling, really feeling like yourself. I think that's like I've just started writing again now. It's been a big thing to come from doing, doing your program is that I can, I can write again. at such writer's block. I was really struggling with how to, how to express myself again. And that's come back and it literally feels like I can breathe again. It feels like this weight's been lifted from my shoulders and I'm suddenly like, oh, oh, I'm kind of, there's part of me is back. There's part of me that's been like hibernating while the kids have been tiny. And now suddenly I'm like, 
ooh, like, I can feel it again. It's like part of me's been really numb and, like, sort of switched off. And now that's been, like, reignited. And I'm like, oh, right. And it just feels so good. Just mm-hmm. so good. Because part of you has been hibernating. This is the thing. In those early survival months, we do. We, we, we have to almost go into full mother mode. But then eventually, and actually earlier than often we think, we have to start bringing those other parts of ourselves back out again, don't we? And that's what we, that's what we forget. We lose ourselves in those early months because we, we have to for survival, but then we forget to come back out of hibernation. Yeah, I think that's what I think is so interesting on your, your blog and your podcast because you've been talking a lot about, at the moment about this is kind of that you that you have to do it when your kids are little. And I think that's what I've kind of, I'd like fully, fully embraced it. Like when they were both really tiny and I was fully up for like, yes, let's just like dive into this. But it's like slowly over time. And for me, it comes in like, it, it starts with like feeling sort of angry and sort of resentful and just not quite myself. And then kind of, if I ignore that, then it sort of comes more into like being probably angry. And that's sort of where I got back to um, a few weeks back that I was just so angry. And I was like, what is, like, what is going on? And I was like, yeah, it's because I'm just completely out of whack again. I'm out of balance and things have shifted and I haven't. I think yes. that's what it is. Like my kids are bigger now. You know, Evie's a toddler. She's not a baby anymore. Like just was at preschool. But so they shifted and sort of moved on a bit, but I hadn't. I was still in that space of, I don't know, yeah, sort of giving my all to them and not giving enough to myself. Exactly. That's exactly it. And we talk about in the Redefine program and a lot of what I do, that it's often the creativity that is that first spark. Like for you, it's writing. For others, it's getting back to running or getting back to something that they push to the side because I don't have time for that anymore. And when they just start giving that a little bit of space again, it awakens a part of yourself that you'd oh, you just shut down because you thought you had to. And that creativity can be, as we said, writing, dancing, going to yoga, exercising, but it can also be how you dress, what you wear, connecting again with your partner, going out for a girl's night. It doesn't matter, but there has to be that sense of freedom a little bit again, doesn't there? Yeah, I think that's that's what it is, isn't it, that you feel... If you start feeling resentful and feeling trapped by motherhood, because that's kind of how I felt. It's like, oh, I've been, there's so much I can't do at the moment because I need to be here for my kids. But it's working out what you can do and what what makes you feel really free. And it can be something really, you know, it can be something really silly and fun that just makes you feel really liked. That's really it. like, oh, that's really, and not, not notice is a word, isn't it? But that kind of, you know, to just allow yourself and go like, oh, this just feels, oh, it just feels so nice. Just like, oh, it's just for me and I'm allowed. <laughs> exactly. I am allowed. 
Yes. I wanted to ask you because you now talk to so many women who um, struggle with infertility or it might take a while to fall pregnant. Over the years, I've spoken to so many mummers that have had the same experience, years and years of fertility treatment or miscarriages, and, and they really dedicate themselves to creating the family that they long for. And then when it starts, when the baby or babies are here, and they don't love every single second, there's a particular type of guilt or shame because it's something um, I fell pregnant very easily for all of mine. So it's not a personal experience. It's just something I've noticed in so many women I've coached over the years that if it was a particularly hard road to motherhood, and then they don't fully embrace every part of being a mum, there is a very big amount of guilt or judgment about that. Have you noticed that for yourself and also for the women you speak to? Oh, definitely. This, we talk about this. A lot of the ladies who went, went through infertility with me, so we all, um, I started a support group through the Fertility Network, a UK charity, um, and it started off just as a little support group in London and then it grew online and then it, you know, became hundreds of, of women. And we were all in this group and then as we got pregnant and then had our babies, we, we all stayed in touch and still this, this really strong community. And we talk about that a lot, that we're like, you know, if we had just got pregnant straight away, you would, ha- I think, have a completely different relationship to motherhood because... I think all of us definitely feel that, yeah, we're not loving it. And obviously it's, it's, it's parenthood, it's life, it's so all-encompassing, it's not possible. You know, if someone says they do love every single moment, I'm like, wow, like they are probably, I don't know, I, I haven't met anyone yet who's been able well, to say, I don't like, think oh, you know, the truth. Free. <laughs> just, yeah, I just don't think it'd be physically, I don't know, you just wouldn't be human, would you? If you literally loved every single second of it, because you're obviously going to have off days and tightness, but yeah, there's definitely this thing of that whole extra level of mum guilt of like this baby is so precious. And I think the thing, I think it comes in with toddlerhood as well. I think for a lot of us, you have your miracle baby, and the first six months you're literally in this kind of the blur of motherhood, but also that like you are literally like wow. My baby is a miracle. And then obviously they start getting bigger and then they become a toddler. And no matter what anyone says, toddlers are really annoying. They just have the ability to just really wind you up because that's part of that's part of being a toddler, isn't it? Yes. So then when you are just like, oh, they're annoying me so badly. And you're like, oh no, no, miracle child, you know, they might never have existed. You have that whole extra layer of just ah mum guilt on top. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. It's great. <laughs> well, so because I, I, that's what I see. That's what I see in so many mamas. It's this extra layer of I should love this and this was a miracle and all of that. So what do you tell yourself in those moments then or what do you uh, talk to the other beautiful mamas in your group about that extra level of I should be loving this? I think the main thing is kind of, is, is talking to other women about it, is, is saying, like, to the group, it's like, you know, I'm finding this really hard. And everyone else going, yeah, me too. It's okay. 
Like you have permission to just go, ah, you have permission to not love it every second. It doesn't mean you don't love your kids. It doesn't mean you're not honoring everything you've been through. And it's just okay to go, you know, it's like you can never forget what you've been through, but you don't need to let that define you. You don't need to sort of hold yourself up on this pedestal of the mother you thought you were going to be. I suppose it's when you're trying to conceive, you make all these promises and you're like, you know, if I get pregnant, I will be like the best mother in the world. And you build yourself up and you make all these promises and you're like, oh, you know, just let me have a baby. And I will do like so right by this child. And then when you're actually in it, you're, you still want to hold up to that promise you kind of made yourself. But it's obviously kind of unrealistic to go, you know, you don't need to be this, this superwoman, supermom on a pedestal. You just need to be the mom you can be to your children. Oh, so true. So true. We, yeah, we think we need to be this certain level of perfection to serve these children that we've been gifted and we've been given and it's that's not what they need from us but you've explained it so beautifully thank you that's just such a powerful way to describe it yeah and I think it's it's that thing as well of just being really open with other mums I think it's this especially the whole like social media thing and you you see all these pictures of your from your friends and your family of these like you know perfect you know chocolate box moments and so that's why I'm kind of talking about in the group and like sharing on my Instagram is like, you know, yeah, here's the picture, but here's actually what was happening two seconds before that picture. Uh, so there's a great picture I've put on my website and it's, you know, it's me and the kids walking through the woods and all look lovely. And I was like, two minutes before this, Jasper had a massive, massive tantrum. Two seconds afterwards, Evie had a tantrum and lay down in the mud. And just after that, I had a big tantrum and I was like, right, fine. We're going to the pub. I don't want to be in the woods anymore. And I was like, that photo looks so idyllic. And it was like, oh, your kids are so cute. And oh, look at you in the woods. And oh, don't you all look lovely? And I was like, yeah, but that was just that particular second in time. Just before mm. and just after. Pretty ick, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's so important for us all to remember. I just love it. Thank you. And so... When you now look at who you are after all of this, you know, right back from discovering that first eight-week mindfulness course to who you are now, what do you think this has taught you about yourself when you look at your experience of matrescence, the transformation to becoming who you are today? What do you think it's been about? I think it's about acceptance. What keeps coming up for me is, is is embrace. It's why I called the group Embrace Fertility. Because so many things in the physics you're pushing it away, you're pushing it away. If you don't want it, you don't like it. So you fight it. Whereas actually if you just em- embrace it and fully just allow it to be, you suddenly stop fighting, you stop fighting with yourself, stop struggling with yourself. And the same goes with motherhood. If I'm fighting the frustration I'm feeling, if I'm fighting the anxiety, if I'm fighting myself and trying to talk myself out of the the negative thinking or whatever I'm going through, I'm just making it 
bigger and stronger and it you know sort of adds weight to it whereas if I just sit back and go okay you know what in this minute just really annoyed and just whatever just just be with it rather than running from it and instantly the situation changes even if it's like the tiny fraction of a degree Mm. but it shifts and if you can feel that tiny 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 shift then you're away because you're like oh hang on I've created that tiny tiny shift therefore I've got the ability to create a bigger shift and a bigger change and you feel empowered and you feel like oh okay I can, I can do this. I can, you know, I can keep stepping forward. Yeah, I agree. And what an amazing thing to take into the rest of your life. <laughs> you now have the most beautiful skills and tools to be able to face whatever comes your way. I just have to keep remembering though, Amy. That's the problem I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. I forget time and time again. I just have to pick myself up and go, because, you know, sometimes it will take, a couple of months or a couple of weeks or a couple of days and what you want it to be is maybe a couple of hours or mm-hmm. a couple of minutes would be really nice but uh, <laughs> but even if it's like you know an hour later you suddenly go okay there's another way so, you know, that I think the question for me that's really helping at the minute is um you know what's this what's this really about like what what's the What's behind the frustration or the annoyance or whatever it is? And how can I look at this in another way? Because there's always a different way to look at things. Sometimes, you know, if you turn something upside down and look at it a different way, everything changes. But you need to have that thought that you can look at it differently in the first place. That's right. And it goes back to what you said at the beginning. You are not those thoughts, that there uh, is another group of thoughts you can choose instead you have the power to choose again i love it wow 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 thank you it's been really gorgeous to be on this path with you and i know that you're helping so many women understand fertility and embracing it but also then supporting them through that early stage of pregnancy and being okay giving ourselves permission to feel all the feels no matter what that is so i so appreciate your time beautiful thank you thank you for having me on oh i just love speaking to other mamas and hearing how they have found themselves through this process this is what matrescence is all about it is about discovering that you are not your thoughts that the expectations you have of what this is going to look like is actually keeping you suffering. And there is a beautiful opportunity here for you to come out of the hibernation that early motherhood requires and start to honour yourself, the woman who is emerging. You can learn all about Naomi's work with infertility, IVF and miscarriage, and also the support for new mamas at embracefertility.co.uk and also in her new podcast, More Mojo for Mums. Love that. All of the notes are in the show notes, of course. And if you know any mama, any woman who is struggling with the expectations of how she might fall pregnant, how her birth should have gone, or how motherhood should be going, please share this podcast with her. 
Much love and Sat Nam. Until next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.